previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. Uh, I, I got I got lost in Kajuju. Uh, we died multiple times, but mainly down to the fact that we were playing on the PlayStation 3, so we were experiencing lag. Essentially, on the one hand, it, it, as you said, it's like here's a replacement for Umbrella, but on the other hand, here's a replacement for Umbrella. He kept falling in and falling in and falling in, that he finally threw the controller across the room in anger. We don't know anything about him. He's probably long dead and gone now. Let's call him Clive. I, I feel like I feel like we're like the, the top gear of Resident Evil streaming. Ambitious but rubbish. Hello and welcome to our second community podcast special, but the first Q&A session being recorded live on the Project Umbrella podcast Discord server, where nothing can possibly go wrong. Possibly go wrong. That's the first thing that's gone wrong. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and I'll not only be your podcast host, but moderator too. Joining me on the podcast, we have Stars Tyrant. Hello. And we have George Trevor. Hi. All of whom, including myself, are from the World Cup winning nation of England. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we, here we go. We also have on the podcast, oh, slightly awkward, Rombi. <laughs> He's from New Zealand, Hi. ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Rombi. <laughs> the also possible winning World Cup nation. Well, name on the trophy, as they say, but welcome, uh, Rombi. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, some of your famous people were saying it should be shared. Shit. It comes down to uh, bloody boundaries. Ugh, that's terrible. <laughs> B, it really doesn't matter because, as at least I know, cricket is not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my answer, GG. It should have been. But it is further bad news for New Zealand because not only did they lose the World Cup this week, they also lost the title of the world's steepest street to a little road yeah. in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> That is actually entirely true. The steepest street's actually in my hometown in Dunedin, so... Yeah, it's interesting. That's controversial, too. Just it like, is. It's not like a proper street. It isn't two-way. It's like all these things. And everyone's like, well, the one in Dunedin's an actual, like, residential road. There's houses lining both sides of the street, so... <laughs> been one of those weeks <laughs> so welcome to our podcasters there but more importantly welcome to everyone on discord who has tuned in to have a listen and for anyone who's downloaded uh, after the event so what is this podcast all about well me and the team we get asked questions we've been doing this for uh, seven odd years now and we got asked lots of kind of ad hoc questions and we thought rather than try to answer them you know in one main podcast we will do it in uh, a special community podcast where anyone can listen in and 
and also ask questions. Whether this will work, I don't know, but everyone is on the recording sessions, and if you have a specific question, please put it in the podcast text chat, and I will get to you ASAP. Then what we'll do, if you are on the voice chat as well, I will then unmute you effectively and let you ask the question to the team and you can be a special guest on the podcast for a short period of time where we can deliberate your your questions to the team it all sounds wonderfully workable who knows but we'll see thank you to uh sunny and cyanic for helping me with this we are i'm not very good at this type of thing and we'll see how it goes in terms of what questions anything bio has related in universe and i know we're all dying to know what sandwich george trevor was having in 1984 but those type of questions uh, we want to try and keep off track there's no there's no point so any questions you've had uh, favorite game favorite moment uh, particular law questions we can uh, we can discuss and we'll be more than happy to do so before we get to the uh, kind of main q and a sessions we will start with the news So the first bit of news, straight out of the new Biohaze website, which I just want to give a quick plug out to, to everyone. Um, if you haven't seen it, go to it. Uh, the Biohaze website's had a whole new refurb, and I noted there the first bit of news is Biohazard The Extreme, an escape room coming to Universal Studios in Japan. Why can't these things come out where we are? I don't know, but it looks to be Resident Evil 2 remake based. Having just done a escape room and was woeful at it, um, I would love, love the opportunity to have another go uh, in a Resident Evil themed one. Any thoughts from the team here? So they've dabbled into escape rooms because I do believe they did a 7 one, didn't they, to promote Resident Evil 7 and that actually did come to the UK in London, so I suppose there's every chance if it's successful enough, we may see it. My concern is that if you do one outside of Japan, it'll be not game themed, it'll be movie themed. <laughs> <laughs> Selfish Jeans mentioning in the chat that there was a US one. I remember there being one um, for that as well. It's something that would clearly work quite well for the Resident Evil thing. You know, the whole kind of puzzle solving elements and some of the ridiculous puzzles that are in Resident Evil would translate quite well, I would imagine, to the escape room setup. I have interest, Nick. Why haven't the games trained you much better to, like, you know, open a Doom book and find a key or something? I don't know. I did one at Centre Parks, and it was um, an interesting... It didn't appeal to my, my mind. My mind didn't doesn't work in that manner, and it was it was just a bit too abstract, I think. I think I need a bit more hand-holding for <laughs> these type of things. You've got to remember that this is the same person who plays most of the games on easy. That is true. So. <laughs> I've not done one of these escape rooms before, but I, I, I like the idea. I think it's a really great format don't you think for this kind of the tension and kind of the style of game that Resident Evil is rather than you know sort of the more other attractions they've had where you kind of walk through areas where there are zombies and you know I think that like a shooting gallery I, I think an escape room I think kind of would better bring that tension you know for the game absolutely and the one I did you have like an hour and there's only and there's like a big ticking clock in the room and so you, you do feel you're up against it so um, that'd be quite cool they could do a kind of almost like a Resident Evil 3 one so if you don't get out of here you're going to be nuked which would be, yeah. which would be quite cool so yeah we'll keep an eye on that we can try and pest a Capcom to get it released over here in some manner but it's only uh, Universal Studios for a short period of time from September the 7th until November the 4th Uh, next bit of news, Nintendo Switch news, folks. The release of Resident Evil 5 and 6 has been confirmed as October the 29th. But more importantly, there's a triple pack physical release coming. And how the well, world. You say physical. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to go, yay, at last. And then you read the small print and you'll quickly establish that there's Resident Evil 4 in physical, with Resident Evil 5 and 6 being a download. There's pros and cons. People do like having physical release. No Vito is a big fan of them, as am I. But there we go. So that's October 29th. It's not too far away. I find uh, it interesting how um, Jake is front and centre of the Resident Evil 6 box art for a change. Hint. Hint, maybe? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but it just was interesting. It's like the first time I believe he's really been used to promote the game in any kind of way like that. But yeah, it makes sense. He's the, he's like the lesser of the three males in that particular... Um... Maybe it's just the, sort of the, the point of difference between the characters that are also in 4 and 5, mm. because there'd be a repeat. So. I haven't seen the box art. Is it just him, or is it like him and Shiri? It's just him. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've split the pack into three lines, you know, so it's got yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Any, any Switch owners be picking up? Um, how much is it? The releases are $29 still. Yeah, my biggest problem is I don't play games really portably. You know, I don't have much chance to do any commuting where I'd be able to play it or anything. And the truth of it is, unfortunately, they are lesser ports. You know, if you've mm. got the PlayStation 4 versions, there's not really any real need to own the three again unless you plan to have them in a portable capacity, that's all. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if the, if the Switch Lite does anything to, you know, really promote the portableness of it. The problem consistently with a lot of the Switch ports is just the what they call the uh, Switch tax, and it's just the cost yes. of manufacture and to in order for the companies to even make money on it they have to be quite expensive and obviously it's been slightly controversial about the cost of these you know ports considering the age of some of the games it's like but then you look at it historically I mean, the Capcom's also released just the first Devil May Cry, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, a game that came out in 2001, so... Last bit of news is that a Resident Evil 2 themed DIY zombie pro makeup kit is now available in the UK and the European Union. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we get. They get they get those escape rooms. We get a bit of pain. <laughs> 115 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. What? <laughs> 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 so quite pricey, and you know full well that when you come to do it, it will look absolute tripe. You will not make it look anywhere near as good as it ought to look, and you'll be like, "Wow, brilliant!" So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's been a US release for that. Okay, so that does conclude gaming news. So, uh, moving on to site news. So, there's lots going on. Uh, first bit, we'll start with um, Stars Tyrant. You have been streaming again. Those tablets from the doctor aren't helping. And <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to pass over to you because you've been um, streaming the quite brilliant Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 HD projects. Yeah. So, um, basically, anyone who caught the streams over the last few nights, we've been test driving the recently released Seamless HD projects. Now, Resident Evil 3 came out extremely recently, 2's been out a little bit longer, um, and anyone who caught the streams will know that the games are looking absolutely incredible. Um, this is in many ways the remake I think we all really wanted, it, you know, not an, essentially a reimagining, just the game looking as m close to sort of modern as possible. The upscale work that these guys have used, it's a program using uh, called Gigapixel AI, and the work it's done on the backgrounds, plus the addition of the work they've done themselves to add it, to improve the backgrounds and make them as close to sort of high as possible. It's truly phenomenal and we're actually joined by 
Kyle in the chat today. He is the uh, HD texture designer for the project. Certainly give it a go and anyone who's looking to give it a try themselves, you will need a copy of the GameCube version in ISO format of both 2 and 3 and you can get it at www.reshdp.com and then it's forward slash either RE2 or RE3. But certainly give it a go because it's it's the best these games will ever look. Indeed, indeed. We watched with, with amazement, I think. Some of the textures look absolutely incredible. And I think a comment that I made, actually, and was that what I found incredible was new assets were being put in, but how well they blended in. They looked like that they were just there. It, was, it wasn't glaringly obvious, like almost like an RE item that's flashing you know bright white to say oh item this was in the pre-rendered backgrounds looking absolutely superb and as sean said it's the proper what's well, it prop it's the remake a lot of us were um hoping for so um that is definitely worth checking out and on our youtube channel you'll see um stars's playthrough if you want to little have a little taster of what to expect and some of the um, a, a lot of the time we're just staring in amazement sometimes it's just big pauses in the game whilst we look at particular camera angles so uh, feel free to check that out that's on youtube and of course stars will be streaming that on his twitch channel yeah so we've done a run through of um, resident evil 2 and i'll try if all goes well to get resident evil 3 streamed this weekend brilliant So, uh, other bit of site news. I've also caught the streaming bug and got something far worse. Uh, Umbrella Corpse on physical release. (laughs) (laughs) If Resident Evil 2 HD is one end of the spectrum, Umbrella Corpse is certainly on the other end. Uh, Are we allowed to ask each other questions? (laughs) You can ask. (laughs) Why? Why? Good question. So, my Xbox broke, so I decided to buy uh, a PS4 because I didn't trust Microsoft. And because I owned a PS4, I thought it almost obligatory to own every canon item and I just can't bring myself to download things because then I don't feel I own it so I had to buy the physical release which I got yeah, true how, collector how, ladies and gentlemen true collector how, how much did you pay for this physical release for <laughs> 38 pounds <laughs> <laughs> several movies and uh, you're paying 38 for just one really 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 not so good (laughs) so on our YouTube channel you'll see my unboxing of it which then leads quite nicely into my first playthrough apologies in advance I didn't quite get the audio it's the first time I've ever kind of really done it on the PS4 via Twitch so it's a bit all over the place but a really really interesting experience of a game some bits I actually really liked and I think me and JC Wesker had a lovely chat about where the tricell facility was and that was probably the highlight. BB uh, Mac has been in there and given you a massive burn in the podcast <laughs> chat, Nick. Yes. <laughs> That's very true, too. That yeah, is so what, true. You, you are blessed that yoke isn't here at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. You need to buy that original soundtrack now. I say no. We'll be like, remember that time you spent £38 on Umbrella Corps? Deary me, deary me. I know. Jeez.
So wrapping up some site news, myself and Romby, uh, we finished our Resident Evil 5 playthrough co-op game. Um, you should be able to find all four parts of that on our YouTube channel. That was fun. That was it. Peak. Was it I, was good. I was, I was surprised that we didn't die as much as we expected on that last QTA, considering how much problems I had with it last time. Absolutely, and uh, for people unaware, it, it's not us. It's the game. <laughs> <laughs> there is some massive lag issues that inherent more to the PS3 version and uh, to the later ports where they seem to fix the way that the QTE sends back and forth between the two players it seems like it only has to register locally first whereas before it seemed to have to register both players Mm. successfully completing it before it would let you pass indeed indeed but we get there in the end Um, the Wesker fight did take a long time but it was good it wasn't as bad as the other Wesker fight the Wesker duel fight that was (laughs) yeah we we sped it up I I literally sped that up that was (laughs) (laughs) but that was more of a test actually we we did the test because we're going to try and play Operation Raccoon City as well um, oh the cat's out the back now it is for as long as I could (laughs) we're going to have a go four player cop there we go we'll see we'll see how it goes final bit of site news was that I released an exclusive review of Lego set 2236 Spencer's Office that's on our YouTube channel as well nice little bit of fun for that if you are interested in my other interest in life i.e. Lego so (laughs) you can have a good look at that and um, so forth but I think that does conclude our site news so we'll now move on to our main focal point the Q&A's So hopefully people have got some questions. I can see some already come in. Um, and now we're going to test our resolve with the technology as well. Colin Evo's asked a couple of questions. I don't think we can ask. <laughs> if, you, if you scroll up, you'll see those. <laughs> so Wesker's report. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, here's first question. Is Gaiden canon? I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased that come up because uh, that does connect nicely. And I can plug my Gaiden editorial, which uh, is available on our Facebook page. Uh, links to that. So thoughts, gentlemen? I think once upon a time it was intended to be, but it never went beyond the intention. I don't think it was ever ever considered beyond a couple of nice ideas. Uh, there's aspects of it which were obviously linked into things like Wesker's report, but again, I don't think they ever really got off the planning phase with it, uh, and the game was developed and released regardless. I think I'd agree to an extent. Certainly from my kind of reviews, looking into it and the things I've been able to dig out and cite and so forth, it was clearly intended at some point to be canon. There's too much involved. Now, whether it is now is a very different question. I happen to think it does link and work quite well still. But a lot of people will say quite rightly that you know the whole game has basically been remade in various other forms, such as Revelations 2, Dead Aim, Revelations 1, and so forth. The whole game is there in a nutshell. But... Is it canon now? Now, I don't think it's ever explicitly said it's not. So the eternal optimist in me says it could be. I think we can sort of focus in terms of what the intention was to begin with, more so on the actual 
events of the game, you know, to determine whether it breaks the series canon. And, you know, obviously with, with RE4 and Leon turning up, you know, okay and unaffected, I think that's the point. And it's just, it interests me that the, the beta for RE4 3.5 had Leon, you know, starting the game pre-infected, yep. which was, you know, quite a nice link to, perhaps that was a link to, to the end of Gaiden. It was, and I think what is lost, I think, um, there is an assumption, I think, in the community that the end of Gaiden is ridiculous because it, oh, it ends up with a BOW pretending to be Leon. The end of Gaiden, as I said, the end of Gaiden kind of suggests that it's a shape-shifting BOW. But actually, if you look, if you play and monitor uh, Lucia's powers, which really is the key here, there is absolutely no way, in my opinion, that the Leon at the end can be the shape-shifting BOW. There is plenty of opportunities for her to have detected that it was, and she doesn't because he's not there. And she, do- and she does the exact same power detection when they go into the boiler room and she goes, that's not the real Leon, and so forth. And she says that and so forth. And I personally think that the Leon at the end is just Leon, but he's been infected, which again links up with 3.5. You know, his blood colour has changed, but he's just infected. That is my theory. And the game hints that that is actually what should happen, as opposed to the shape-shifting BOW. I still can't get past the title thing. I mean, the whole purpose of the title when it was announced essentially was saying it was a side story and they didn't announce anything else as a side story up until that point. And at the time, everything was supposed to be what it was within canon. So why would you explicitly point this out? I mean, internally, maybe the design was went back and forth and then Capcom said no this is what we're going to title it because we want to specifically say this but I don't think I've ever considered it canon well we will be having a Gaiden podcast at some point so we will Uh... I know yeah well this is what this is what happens when I'm in charge (laughs) yeah I know it's my year as president you see we operate like the EU I will be relatively uh, I'll bite my tongue for most of it So, thank you, uh, Wesker's Report, uh, the, the teaser. We'll now hand over to Selfish Gene, just to make sure he's up. Unmuted him. Selfish Gene, are you there? Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, so welcome, Selfish Gene. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Selfish Gene is from Australia, the land of the Great Barrier Reef kangaroos, koala bears and an unlimited supply of sandpaper. That's a cricket joke. Oh, I thought that would get someone. And look, we're on cricket. Yeah, I, I yeah, no. I'm, even I'm like don't bite. <laughs> can't have been New Zealand. Can't New Zealand's turn this week. Just yeah. give it a week. It was. <laughs> it was. You missed, you missed it at the start. Yeah, he <laughs> no, no, rubbing in the uh, cricket World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> we don't win a lot in England, so we'll um, we'll we'll celebrate it. Anyway, welcome, Jim. What is your question for the team? What is the best thing you've ever spent £38 on? <laughs> <laughs> Not Umbrella Corpse, that's for sure. Oh, dear. No, that wasn't my question. So I was going to ask, oh, no, it's fine. What, what do your wives or significant others or children think of your biohazard mania and fandom? Oh, that is a good question. I, I like that. That's a bit offbeat, but not too bad. The wags. The wags, yeah. <laughs> Um, my other half, she does not understand it in the slightest. She thinks it's a complete waste of time. And I have to justify any purchase for Resident Evil. And she doesn't normally know about what I buy. So when Umbrella Corpse did turn up, I just, oh, it's cheap, eBay, yeah, tenner, ten pounds, yeah. Lying. There we go, that explains a lot. (laughs) But she's never, I don't think she's ever sat down and actually, um, 
played any of the games. She's not really into gaming, so it's not uh, it's not really a thing. I'm actually going to sideline this question too. Sorry, Jean. Is there any of your collections interests that she does share? Like no, no, <laughs> no. Opposites. So it's just opposites part of that. Just pretty much in the same boat. I'm gently trying to get my wife a little bit interested in it, but she's she's watched me play the games. But beyond that, she she doesn't see anything. Not that I spend on my collection. Stars. Me and uh, the good lady have absolutely no shared interests in anything at all, um, apart from like nights out and drinking. When it comes to like, um, when it comes to entertainment, like we don't like the same films, we don't watch the same TV programs, and she certainly has no interest in gaming. But the good thing is, she just leaves me to it, so she's absolutely not bothered at all in what time I choose to spend. And because she's a teacher, she spends a lot of time planning and things. I have free time to be able to do it without protest, which is really nice. In terms of has she ever shared an interest in anything? When the um, the VR version of Resident Evil 7 turned up, she thought that was momentarily interesting until the moment she got a real nice close-up of Ethan getting his hand sliced off with a chainsaw, and then she decided that was enough, and <laughs> had never looked back since. <laughs> but no other than that, she has no interest, but she's not bothered at it either. So, best of both worlds, if you like. Best of both. George, what about your son? It's a bit of a sore subject for me, because it was actually my cosplaying as Jill that uh, was the final straw for my wife and left me because of my obsession for Resident <laughs> Evil. Um, and uh, Jacob, basically, for up until Resident Evil 7 came out, was kind of a mix of, I think, amusement and sort of pity. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He, he was a big video game fan. I kind of try to keep him off video games, you know, as long as I could. But I think at that time he's playing Halo and stuff. So, um, yeah, he, he kind of got into it with Resident Evil 7. And what's interesting, when the HD remasters being around, that kind of managed to play those. Because he always just kind of looked down on, at them as, you know, retro old games. And, uh, yeah, he became a big fan of Remake, actually. Uh, which is great so it's just it's good but makes me feel very old that you know i've got a son who's playing these games uh legally can play them i can't even <laughs> I can't even stop him well thank you gene that was that was that was an interesting question that's right I'm, I'm glad uh, a quick one before i go don't have to justify it but your favorite save room oh i see that's favorite savory music anyone anyone take the floor who wants to go first i was having this conversation the other day with someone who wasn't particular fan of the re3 save room music which almost on the verge of saying for the re3 uh, but then, oh no, and then I think it was Stars that mentioned Dead Aim, which again is wonderful as well. Dead Aim's, Dead Aim's quite a subtle one, I think. It's... Yeah, Dead Aim's is nice. I think um, Resident Evil 2's is like the absolute classic, but I think my favourite is, is probably Dead Aim's because I just find it so unusual and mm. interesting. Yeah. But, you know, the quintessential one is probably the Resident Evil 2 one. I recently, because uh, I've just bought Origins Collection, I started playing on Zero again, and I was reminded how great the Zero one is as well. You see, that's the thing. They're all, yeah. they're, <laughs> they all bring a certain yeah. quality to Zero it. Zero is brilliant. Yeah. They all fit their respective... I mean, I even really like the like the merchant save room theme in Resident Evil 4. It's a really unusual one as well. BB, yeah, BB Max mentioned Seven, and I think yeah. seven, seven has a very distinct charm. Yeah, I love Sevens mm. as well. I like them in their own ways but That's... yeah the highlights for me are probably two of their own everyone's mentioned I want to say is my favourite but, <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna, I, uh, but if I had to plump for one it's kind of in a reflection of the game that really inspired my passion for Resident Evil I'd say that the remake uh, save room from remake cool well thank you Gene uh, before that there's a couple of couple of good questions there. I hope that's answered your burning issues <laughs> on what we like and what we dislike so uh, Wesker's report 
Oh, yeah. What do you guys think of the possibility of Dr. Wesker still being alive? This is Clive Wesker, who I christened uh, last podcast. It is very possible. He could be very old or she could be very old. This is the original Wesker from the Wesker Children program. There's no uh, recorded death of that person. Do you think that would be a good way of bringing the Wesker name back? Does, is it needed if they've got no, Jake? I don't think that'll be a plot thread that they follow in all honesty. You can see the um, Alex storyline in Revelations Two is the end of the Wesker children. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's I think that's the whole reason why Revelations Two exists was to close that book, which then makes the uh, little coda ending all the more frustrating. Mm, that that's exactly what I was about to say. The fact that it essentially isn't over, but everything else is over. It's yeah, it's kind of not. Yeah, mm. so there's, there's a lot of anti-Wesker sentiment. Um. Um, <laughs> what you know, Wesker's come up a lot lately through the most um, unusual source but some people I personally don't are seeing this art of melded Wesker with Uroboros from the new card game Teppan mm-hmm. as being a hint that we're going to see uh, a clone or a return of Wesker in the future and I just hope that's not the case. We shall see. We shall. Yeah, they've been quite good at those tapping things. I'm trying to trying to keep on board with that. Well, that was a nice question. Uh, we have uh, another question came in from Reese, who uh, unfortunately was unable to join us live. But he says, "What would you like to see in any Resident Evil 3 remake collector's edition?" He personally likes to see a Jill or a Nemesis figure to go with the Leon one that came out in Resident Evil 2 for the collector's edition. Uh, and anything you'd like to see in potential DLC or alternate costumes? That's a good question. I really have it to is a good question, it. isn't it? Um, <laughs> the statue thing, yeah, if you were going to do it, I think you would have definitely have to have the Nemesis in it. I can't see it not being a Nemesis. It would have to be them both, wouldn't it, really? It would be like a battle scene kind of thing. It would be quite large, and you'd imagine Nemesis with like his tentacle out and or a rocket launcher or something, you know? Like Again, it depends on how they redesign the character for the remake, how it looks. God, the costumes, good question. It would be more interesting, I think, pretty much most of the costumes that were already in the game being remastered for the new version would be kind of cool so all the the ones that they put in was it the Dreamcast and PC ports it's like eight different costumes yeah it's quite a few something like that that would probably be the base set would be a really good thing but gosh it would just end up I know it would just end up with a lot of the they'll obviously be like oh well you know if they change your outfit then everyone will expect the version the classic outfit from the PS1 version from the original PS1 version and alternatively a PS model version just like they did with 2 yeah I don't know it's a good question I could see them doing uh Every version of Jill costume, so Revelations, mm. that kind of really, Vari Five one that could be um, people would like that. What, um, what about DLC? I'd like to see. Well, maybe not DLC, just the proper mercenaries. The original mercenaries, a kind of remake of that. I wouldn't want that ignored because that was fun. I think the costumes. I'd like to see them do what they did with Rebecca and Zero, where it gives you every single appearance she's ever had. Yeah, I thought that was a real masterstroke. Um, in terms of DLC, classic music pack, Nick, maybe <laughs> be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, that would be a good one. In terms of goodies, uh, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for little things like the uh, replica precinct keys. But what I would really, really like is a fully realistic to scale in it, you know, in like a genuine leather wallet. Jill Stars card. I just think that would be and and badge. That'd oh. be a real nice collector's item. That would be, that would be good. George, any any views? Any comments? In terms of goodies, I'd love to have like a replica Jill's diary. You know, we've got the wonderful map with remake of the Spencer Mansion, and just you know, just have like a little booklet of uh, you know the, all the files as, as you know as you get them for Jill's diary. I've never really been into costumes too much, you know, as, as a bonus DLC. Little turnip root for Dario Rosso, maybe. <laughs> 
his journey into the, uh, with his family. There's an interesting story in, in one of the Biohazard comics where you get Dario Rosso effectively abandoning his uh, wife and daughter. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the obvious one is, you know, Carlos, you know, sort of a, a Carlos DLC, but... Uh... Brad. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was what I was going to say. I just thought about yeah. that. I was like, yeah, Brad would be an interesting one. And obviously, yeah, just the... Be tragic. Yeah. Be tragic. Well, thank you, Reed. That was a really, uh, really good question, actually. We've got us all thinking. Right, the next calling goes to JC Wesker. Evening, everyone. Hello, welcome. How, how art thou, sir? Uh, not too bad, not too bad, Sean. Yeah, ooh, I'm in the uh, field of greatness here, I guess. I guess. <laughs> if you guys recognise the sound of JC there, he's one of the heroes of Raccoon City and right. indulges uh, this silly outbreak obsession we have of making it really, really hard for ourselves. <laughs> we, we, do, we do try, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favourite Resident Evil fan from Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> That's including GT, of course. JC, what is your question? Yeah, just a pretty simple one, guys. Um, I've always touted myself as a big fan of uh, you know, artwork and soundtracks and all that. And I know we touched on that, or, or you guys did uh, a short time ago. But um, yeah, basically, what's your favourite piece of artwork and, and favourite piece of music from the series? So obviously, extending beyond Savory. Mm. Rombie, do you want to start? I think it'll definitely have to be tracked from probably the original Disney 2, but then I'm having that same problem where I go, right, which one am I going to pick? I think still to this day it's probably my favourite soundtrack at least I can say that much and it's, there's a lot of good soundtracks but that one's still my favourite overall it's just the right tone artwork that's an interesting one too I, I know this is probably weird like are we, are we talking about promotional artwork are we talking about I don't know but like promotional wise I always remember being quite the uh, the nemesis one that they released with him on the street holding Brad was always such a great mm. iconic image I thought but there's just Again, that's such a white. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll go. I'll go first. Yeah, that's great. And then I'm still like, mm. you can come back later if you think of more. It's okay. Yeah, I think if I think of more, I'll come back. Someone else will probably mention something, and I'll be like, yep, that's perfect. That's a good one, right there. I'll butt in now then because I've got a couple of definitives from my point of view. My favourite, probably unsurprisingly, is the the kind of aqua ring music from the original Resident Evil game. I think it uh, it was the moment I think when I was first playing the game and I thought this is incredible and uh, I I still hold that music very dear to my heart. Both remake and the original are superb, so that will always be my favourite. In terms of artwork, I've always had a soft spot generally for the survivor artwork there's something about the kind of it's almost like a hand-drawn i'm talking about like you know the the kind of like the renders and things like that there's something about the hand-drawn images that i don't know that it looks so different at the time and considering the whole game is based on you know models from resident evil 2 and 3 and so forth i don't know i just i just love the artwork and that was stuck in my mind also i the deadly silence artwork i think is pretty good as well (laughs) They're, um, again, quite lesser-known ones, I think, but they, they've always been my highlights. Sean? With regards to artwork, I always like the more sort of subtle designs in the series. So, actually, one of my one of my favourites is the one that I used for the stream um, last night, which is the Resident Evil 7 artwork with Evelyn stood in front of the house in shadow. I just think it's a really exquisite image, which sums up the game quite well. But in terms of music, I would probably say it's going to be something like either Third Time's a Charm, from Outbreak, which is the final Thanatos theme, the Outbreak main theme, which oh. I have always considered is the is the theme for the series, and I really like uh, as a boss fight, really like Winds of Madness from Resident Evil Five, which is the Wesker fight, and was the same piece of music they used in the Play God trailer. Mm-hmm. 
some good stuff. What about you? Um, you said JC, you like Birkin, Jeet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, pretty much anything off of a two is um, typically at the top of uh, any list of anything. But yeah. yeah, I think of 298, it was it was always the image of the liquor, and in particular Birkin 4. I've, I've, nothing's ever really surpassed those. That's interesting with four. What, what about G four that six fancy? Not, I'm not sure. Maybe it's I uh, I know it's a, it's a quadruped, and the others aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think, to be honest, I think what probably sealed it was, um, if anyone remembers those uh, Palisades action figures from the uh, the early 2000s, and mm. there was obviously uh, several of them, and. Uh, one of the the last ones to be released was Birkin Four, so to actually have like a, a 3D physical version of that, that was like, well, I'm never gonna get, I'm never gonna see anything better than that. It's just fantastic. <laughs> Bit of a disappointment in remake two, then. Yeah, I think all of the malformations, but are. Four were uh, pretty pretty good. Um, mm. Four was a bit of a disappointment. And in terms of music, you've said wreckage of the of the mad experiment. I, I threw that one out. Yeah, so um, I, I was obviously looking forward to that last night on Sean's stream. Um, I think uh, again, pretty much anything out of two is uh, always going to be up there. But I think to, just to be sort of different from just throwing out like a Sabrun theme, I think uh, wreckage of the mad experiment was always uh, a pretty good one for me. And I, I think I mentioned in the chat as well. Like I remember way back when in the late 90s trying to download this single file on dial-up for what felt like hours um, but and this was the one this was the track that i wanted <laughs> awesome well thank you very much jc that's a um some good questions. Um, Rob, have you thought any further? I can't pick a specific thing from RE2. Honestly, it's still one of my favourite soundtracks. <laughs> but I will agree with the artwork stuff, because especially when they added the um, artwork gallery for 2 on the PC and later the Dreamcast, the artworks in 2 were very, very well well designed. I mean, we just talked about the Sabre music, but I think probably um, the Marshalling Yard. I think Sean mentioned it the other night. And just for me, that's just pure kind of... And I'm not a big um, zombie Romero sort of fan I didn't really come to the series as a big zombie film fan but um, just I don't know that kind of makes me think of kind of those sh- uh, shopping malls and just uh, just I don't know it just reminds me of those sort of zombie films and I, I love it and it just feels like you're really desolate and, and alone as well favourite artwork I like I like the shots of, sort of outside the Spencer Mansion I mean actually something that Sean mentioned on, on his stream well, I, there's, there's where it is, but when you're, I think in RE3, there, there's a shot early on on the streets of Raccoon City where you can just see the vastness of actually of Raccoon City, and you can kind of see these spiraling sort of um, tower blocks in, in the distance. And something that was similar to that Sean highlighted on on the RE3 seamless uh, dream. Well, well, Sean, it, it, it was a shot, wasn't it, of, of kind of the mountains and where was that? Oh, it was, it was the marshalling yard in RE2 last night okay yeah no, no, that, that was a great shot what the upscale really brings out the depth of the shot with the moon in the night sky so you can actually see like where you are in the foreground you've got like the, the marshalling yard illuminated and then, like some pylons if you like and then way out in the distance you can see what you presume to be the, the Arkley mountains and stuff and just the sense of depth and scale to it it's really impressive it's kind of nicely illuminated by the moonlight I will just ra- randomly quickly. I, I, there's that shot. I think it, is it fan art. I'm not sure if it's from Umbrella Chronicles, where you've got Richard injured with his sort of sitting up against the wall with uh, Rebecca knelt by him. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do that's, that. That's Shinkiro art, I think, who is a 
famous way. I think it used to be an SNK artist and he came over to Capcom. Okay. Uh, is it the one with Rebecca covered in Richard's blood? And she's yes. sort of crouched by him. Yeah. She's crouched, yeah, yeah, kind of comforting him almost, yeah. Yeah, I think that's an artist who's called Shinkiro, I think his name is. Well, thank you, JC. That was a good question. Appreciate your time and, you know, and support. That's and right. Stick around, JC. You may be needed later on. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, that's all I'll say now. Thank you very much. Our next question comes from uh, Colin Evo. Hi guys, uh, I'll try and speak slow so that you can understand. What language are you talking, Colin? <laughs> Scottish, mate. <laughs> I'd like to say before Colin starts, we'll say thank you because he uh, helped me set this up and do a bit of um, guinea pig testing, if you like, to try and make this recording session possible. So uh, thank you so much for that, Colin. So far away. Okay, uh, originally I was going to ask you what, what your favourite monster struck type creature was and why, but what I'd actually like to hear from all you guys is what is your Mount Rushmore? of Ari creatures so the four top creatures that would be on your Mount Rushmore and why <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of POWs quality <laughs> <laughs> no. superb uh, Sean you can start this time Let's give some time for Rob to think <laughs> I don't know guys what, what do you think mm. do you think it's fairly self-explanatory <laughs> I was never really bothered about the tyrants in the first game but when the 103 as I described on the stream last night, actually, when the 103 leaps out of the melting pool or whatever, and it's on fire, double claws, it roars, the operatic music sort of behind it, I was just like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a video game. And now I've got to run like fuck from it really, really fast. And that sort of stuck with me through the games. I've always found it to be a real highlight every time the tyrant has turned up in the games. And, and they had a, a really long hiatus, and then we got some really embarrassing entries like the Ivans, which didn't really work for me at all with their silly visors and then um, Damnation came out and I, I quite like Damnation as a movie I quite like how sort of self-contained it is but nothing prepared me to just how awesome the Tyrant sequence was going to be at the end of that movie I think yep. the final act of Damnation is absolutely wonderful and I think it's the only time in the series we've really seen what like a Tyrant can do like unrestricted from like game mechanics and things just simply how powerful one could be and how you would be absolutely fucked if you were to come up against one you'd be ruined so that's that's always been yeah it's always been a tyrant for me every single time but the best one is just the 103 in Resident Evil 2 and it makes it all the more disappointing that I think feel the tyrant in Remake 2 is really badly realised I don't like the sort of wrinkled face it has I don't like the hat and I certainly don't like the mutated version of it at the end I just think it's I think it's a real letdown I was quite really disappointed by the tyrant in I like the mechanics around the tyrant in the remake too, but just everything about its appearance is just all wrong. Well, of course, Colin's question is that the Mount Rushmore. There's four. There's four places on Mount Rushmore. So you'd be talking about the iconic ones, wouldn't you? So you're going. So, are you going? You're going T103 or the Firent, as it's now been dubbed on the chat. I love the tyrant. You've got to put a hunter there because they're the iconic villain, aren't they? You know, the sort of main villain, if you like. You know, the standard enemy. I think everyone finds the hunter unforgettable come back to me I don't know what the other two would be I don't know, I don't know. outside the tyrant and the hunter you've obviously got the zombie but would you really want that on a mm. monument we'll come back George what would you put on your Mount Rushmore of B.O.W.'s firstly thank you for allowing me the time to google Mount Rushmore um <laughs> And to answer this... Hang on, sure we weren't looking up NASA astronauts again? 
<laughs> uh, I've never been a particular fan of the tyrants just in terms of I think a lot in the game just aren't as demanding to defeat as they should be but Sean put up a great case just now about you know on fire I'm, I'm in thirsty hunters without a doubt I just they're just so and I think RE0 actually uh, came almost close to kind of, you know, matching them to, you know, primates that just jump out at you. Because I'm a fan of those. But the first of all, yeah, the hunters. And I love the hunter elites in uh, oh. a little bit cartoonish looking in Dead Aim, but just the way they leap out at you. Yeah. So t- t- hunters first. And uh, what are they called? The Eliminators in in Zero? The, the Monkey, yeah, the Eliminators, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, because I, I think, you know, it was almost very hard to kind of match the Hunters, and they, I think they came quite close. I like those. Yeah, I'll let someone else answer. I'm th- well, I'm thinking of others, but definitely those two. Okay. Um, Rob? I'm definitely going to put a liquor on there, probably the original RE2 one. I remember it just being such a massive impact. Probably also the RE1 Hunters. Mm. I just, again, they're just simple designs, but so memorable. So I can't really get past either one of those. I was going to put a Birkin form there, but now I'm kind of like, <laughs> Nemesis. See, yeah, this is really tough. This is, like, you can get a couple and then you're like, if I got two slots left, what am I going <laughs> to. I'm a big fan of the Hypnos Tyrant as well. Like, I just oh, he was going to say the Hypnos Tyrant. <laughs> that was mine. Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> I just think the design, like the morphing design and the way it gets bigger and stuff is quite cool. Yeah, this is a tough question. I don't know. I don't have a fourth one yet. I mean, I, I could pick from about a million different things and I know soon enough I'd be happy with my fourth pick, so... Yeah, that's as far as I've got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, I suppose there's a slight difference between iconic creatures, so something like a Licker or a Hunter. I would have the Neptune, standard. I would have a Hypnos Tyrant, second mutation. No, third mutation, sorry. The third mutation, the final one. I think that is a glorious piece of artwork. and Because um, he's got that kind of venom look, isn't he, with the tongue kind of sticking out. That was always my favourite Tyrant out of all, all of them. After that I would probably put Nemesis. It's the only creature that has you know his name in a, in a title of a game. And yeah, the fourth Crimson Head Elder, <laughs> maybe. Oh, good choice. Would you, would you put a Birkin up there? I'm not sure I would. The reason I say Crimson Head Elder is just because it kind of ticks a couple of boxes. It's a zombie, but it's almost like a pathway between old Resident Evil and new Resident Evil, in the sense that before we had Remake, everything was a bit slow and lumbered, and, you know, that's what zombies do, and then Remake came along and introduced the fast zombie, and ever since then, the kind of basic zombie has got faster and more intelligent, so it kind of represents a kind of turning point, in my opinion, with the series. Um, So I'd I'd probably do that, so it kind of covers a zombie base of being an iconic creature, but also it kind of represents something else. It's a subtle hidden meaning I just have to add as well I mean in terms of backstory and uh, invulnerability design of the actual enemy and uh, even in terms of their significance on the series canon and the virology Lisa Trevor without a mm. doubt for me mutation yeah it's a huge, well, a huge part of the law just to expand upon that we'll get back to you Colin as well um Kendo's Mean Shop, who's joined us, welcome. He's obviously taken the lead when it comes to the BOW questions and just asked, what's everyone's favourite Hunter variant? Because George, you were talking there about the Hunter Elite, so we'll quickly latch that question onto Collins. It's a shame. I really like the design of the beta, but it's, you know, the, the one two one beta, but I always think it's a bit rubbish. It's hard not to pick the original from Resident Evil 1, isn't it? The original one two one mass-produced. It looked, still looks the scariest. It's the deadliest... <laughs> 
and it just makes all the right noises. You're talking not remake the I, very original. I'm talking very original. It just yeah, invo- it invokes fear beyond a level that's ever really been replicated, except maybe the, the Lickers, maybe in Remake 2, I think, did a really good job of, of getting close to it. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Licker is once you know how to sort of walk around and you actually nullify their threat altogether, whereas there's literally nothing you can do except do battle with those hunters, and they're, they're harder than most of the game's boss fights. They can be, two or more together, you you know, it's problematic. Um, I would con- I, I'm happy to include the Tick as a canon variant, to be honest. That's one of the things from the Saturn version I absolutely love. Um, in answer to Kendo on the chat there. Your favourite hunt is still the, the original 121 as yeah, well. The, the, yeah, the 121, eh? Yeah. George, are you sticking with Elite? Or do you have... I mean, I, I do love the Elite, but it's always just concerned me, that thing, you know, they, they do kind of look a bit manga, almost like they're smiling at you. Did you mention it, I think, in the past, Nick? It's just incredible, almost feel like um, I'm in, in the film alien when you just can hear that clicking noise yeah and you just know it's there and that's i think that's just it's uh, yeah just wonderful none other after that came that can just match those so i think yeah the ones from remake without a doubt always going to be the best just because of yeah because of that clicking noise that is just yeah wonderful and this just the ferocity as well yeah i think their appearances across the series as well are really cool like the outbreak is it, oh god forget is it 125 125R yeah yeah um, I think this with the spines and everything looks really really cool the Farafello in Revelations looks amazing and I can't believe I'm going to do this you are gone but the um, Operation Raccoon City one <laughs> the Elite Variant or whatever it's called in that I honestly don't know its name I don't study that game well enough but I think it's like Black and red in design looks. It does look quite cool. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh dear. You guys are very. I mean, I said it in the thing. I just think the original. I'm a massive fan of that. Same thing. Same reasons you guys. Have. It's just that tension factor. Like I just. It was the first time I clearly remember playing that game, and just the cutscene happened, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" And then this big hulking green thing comes through the door, and at first you're kind of like, "Okay, yeah, oh, what, what's, it, what's, yeah. what's this thing?" Like you've seen all these other weird creatures, and up until that point. Everything has been based on something. You know what I mean? Like mm. there was sharks, there was plants, there was zombies that were previously people, there was dogs, right? So everything was within the realms of something that was seemingly obvious to its origins. But this thing was the first thing in the game. You're like, what is this? Is it? It's kind of reptilian, but it's not. Like, is it? You know, what is it? And then all of a sudden, it attacks you before you even have the chance to really register it, and it's doing huge amounts of damage. And you're like, ah, get away! Like, what's going? <laughs> and you've got this small space and. And I just remember going, holy crap. And of course, yeah, I died like within like yes. <laughs> seconds. And you better and, hope uh, you saved. <laughs> yeah, which, which at that stage, I mean, being the first time I had been relatively not skint on saving, you know, I think that's a save just before this leaving the guardhouse. And yeah, I just went, wow, okay, that's taking it to the next level. I'm coming back to the mansion and they're throwing new stuff at me. Cool. This is awesome. It was a massive difficulty spike, wasn't it, back in the day? Yeah. And I don't think anyone will ever truly forget that first time coming back from the mansion. And most yeah. of us died because yeah. you just weren't expecting it. And most of us were on, like, probably, you know, yellow fine and got an instant decap. And you're just thinking, what was that? 
<laughs> and also noting the, the, a... the secret pathway that it took. I go, oh, don't remember that one. Yeah, and it's just and it's just so fast too. Like everything up until that point had a reasonable pace. You know, like there wasn't it wasn't the, the slow things. Like the dogs are fast, but they kind of meander a little bit. You know, like they don't quite always jump at you. They run around a little bit crazy. You know, but the hunters they're straight into it. They run at you. They attack you. That's all they do. They don't for, they don't have any meandering. Enemy. Yeah, and they jump too. Yeah, perfect example as well. So yeah huge that was a huge impact for me so yeah, definitely there is one thank you Colin that was a really awesome question um, which we kind yeah. of uh, expanded upon you've asked the question I think we need to turn it back on you and say well what would you put on the uh, on the Mount Rushmore bit of BOWs Tyrant version 1 Tyrant version 2 Tyrant version 1 I'm only joking <laughs> I, I don't know I, there's a lot out there because obviously there's lots of bits that mean a lot to me for example the dog from the first one it's Basically, that that part of the game that got everybody really the first time that they played it, mm. and running through the hallways. So that to me is iconic. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Actually, that's a good shout. You know, the liquor again, as you said, just when you're going through the the police station and you see that thing running past the window, and you're like, "What the f- is that?" <laughs> and <laughs> then you go through and you hear the hissing. That, you know, just coming from the ceiling. That's so I'd probably put that up there as well. The original Tyrant, just for the fact that just how epic that thing was and basically how much that meant and probably I'll go with the Nemesis just yeah. because it reminded me of the Terminator and oh, nice, that was yeah. about between 15 and 20 was around about the times between those games and things and that's all the sort of stuff I liked growing up and having this thing just coming through the walls and I suppose like Mr X in too but Nemesis felt a bit more terrifying Mm. It just feels like you never knew where it was going to come. And then obviously if you listen, if you play it now, you can pick up the music cues and things. But when you're younger, you're just thinking, God, this is amazing, you know? <laughs> I think you make a really good point, actually, about the, that liquor scene in the police station being iconic. Because, you know, as you're kind of walking around the corner, you see it scattering, like, what the hell is that? They tried that with Resident Evil 3, again, with the kind of Jane Demos or Demos, or whatever you want to call them. It just didn't have the same impact, did it? No, that, yeah. that, that, no. But thankfully, Resident Evil 3 had the nemesis to kind of fall back on. But yeah. it, it, so it didn't matter. But it, it's those type of things in Resident Evil 2. And, and you mentioned uh, the dogs, as you said, completely forgot about the dogs. Just these proper iconic moments that we all love. So thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate um, okay, so your, your, your ongoing support and um, coming on. It's uh, great. So stick around. As I said to JC, you may be needed later. <laughs> That's, that sounds ominous. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheers. I just want to shout out one of the new guys on the Discord because anyone who puts their username as the real Ark Thompson, that, <laughs> that, that, that guy's that guy knows where it's at. <laughs> so he, shout out to you. Well done. He gets a thumbs I'm, I'm, up. I'm friend requesting him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, the next question we had, uh, someone sent anonymously to our pupodcast.hotmail.com. Uh, this goes back to a bit of news that we forgot, so we can we can focus on this. So, hello guys, with the announcement of and the release of the Biohazard Valiant Raid trailer, what are your views on this? Will it be canon? And uh, just to uh, touch on the news element, that's coming out next week, July 19th, to the Plaza Capcom Ichabod. Amusement Centre. Uh, Do you mean tomorrow, Nick? Oh, it's tomorrow. God, yeah. Wow, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, not good updates. Let's come out tomorrow at the amusement centre. Uh, Two thousand five hundred yen. I don't know what that is in real money, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> in real money. <laughs> 
So there we go. So that's Biohazard Valiant Raid, as I think I tweet, uh, mentioned on the. Just so you uh, can be happy with real money, two thousand five hundred yen is approximately eighteen fifty in pounds sterling in your quote real money. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's alright. So I cannot wait for Valiant Raid I really hope it's canon but I don't think it's going to be uh, I don't think it will be and it will be based on RE2 remake anyway so then it's own sort of separate bubble canon I think it'll be no more canon it is for all intents and purposes the sequel to Survivor 2 that it's, it's an arcade style experience it'll be about as canon as that game is do you think I don't know, some, if, if you're not aware sometimes in, in Japan they get a lot of things we've already spoken in the news about the, uh, the new escape room but they get an awful lot of um, other things there's Biohazard The Real I think it's called and The Real 2 which is all kind of like an experience you can be in Raccoon City I think then you're chased by people dressed up as zombies that type of thing and all official Biohazard stuff some of them go into huge amounts of detail I mean, arguably, this started way back when with um, 4D Executor. Yes. Oh, no, there was even, even before 4D Executor, there was um, a couple of things too. So this is this is where I was going to sorry to interject, but it's like I think my answer is in the sense that I don't know if any of them have really been canon, except for probably the stage kind yeah. of production side. I, I think all these have all just been kind of offshoots, never official, kind of all kind of in their own kind of general existence <laughs> in the universe, but not really ever confirmed as as such. So yeah, I think we I think we assume the experience is canon as well, although placing it is tricky, isn't it? That's mm. that was the follow up stage production they did mm. about three or four years ago. Voice of Guy is <laughs> it's an interesting. Dodgy. It's, it's, it's dodgy. Yeah. What a concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, it kind of does undermine oh. RE4 or 5 a bit, but if people know that there's all loads of these little um, experiences, and I'd love to experience them myself, but they've never, as you said, apart from maybe 4D Executor, but certainly the stage, they've never really been part of the storyline. Now, the advent of VR has been quite impactful, I think, on uh, Star Wars. So if you ever have the opportunity to play Secrets of the Empire, which is a uh, VR experience where you can move around a bit, it's kind of a cross between paintball and VR. It's absolutely incredible, but it is part of the storyline. You specifically are not, but you're in a group of stormtroopers or people infiltrating a a Mustafar, and what you're doing forms part of the storyline in exactly the same way they've now released um, this episodic program on uh, the Oculus Rift, I think it is. Again, you get to play it, and what's going on is canon. So I think there was a real hope. There was a real hope that the um, that Valiant Raid would be canon, but as you said, it's obviously remake two inspired. But I wouldn't rule it out just on that. I mean, even if they had the Tyrant, I know they've got Mister X hat version Tyrant on board. But if as long as that is relevant to the storyline so if we are in an umbrella lab in Europe I don't know or in America it's a Chicago branch 1999 it's all gone Pete Tong and that's the turret you see I wouldn't have an issue with that at all anyone else think that? We've yeah <laughs> we've all gone very quiet George any comments on Valiant Raid? Was this question surrounding the trailer? Because I haven't seen it any. There's a trailer. It, it's got a hundred. Like a minute long. Yeah, it's about a minute long. Okay, so I have, no, I seriously, oh, Jake, so I have to apologise because I haven't seen the trailer yet. Um, I've been a bit sidetracked by some Twitter ban recently. <laughs> Sorry. You have, <laughs> yes, you've been very busy. Um, okay, so we. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's um, 
it will come out at some point, but there we go. But Stars, you're, you're not optimistic on that. It's canon, but... Well, see, it might be a fun experience, and I imagine it will be totally right for a PlayStation VR port. Yes, and uh, rumours today I've read that the PlayStation 5 is going to be... Uh, VR is going to be completely wireless um, and so forth, so... There's patents apparently pending on them. Things like that is what you want. I don't, it shouldn't be limited to Japan, but we'll see. Mm. We shall see. So uh, that was a question from some anonymous person. So thank you, whoever sent that. Great. Um, we now have a question from longtime fan, resident, friend of the show, Sonny Bauer. How is everybody? We're very good. good, thank you. We're good. very good. Thank you for joining us. Now, so as, you, as um, Sean gave a little introduction, hero of Raccoon City, voice impressionist. On the flip side, he is from New Jersey, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a future... That, that's yes, not my yes. personal view. That's a Futurama joke, but there we go. <laughs> Sonny, what is your question? I'm wondering what the panel thinks, each individual one of you, how the lab scene in the first game went down who was there and <laughs> what occurred because there's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of different interpretations and opinions on uh, which is canon but uh, canon or not i just want to i want to think what you personally thought happened was chris there with rebecca was jill there with barry was it the combination of all of them what do you think i think it's a combination of all of them but i've always always liked to think that jill and chris went down to the lab together and met the tyrant at the same time i don't like the idea of like the cannon being one of them was in a cell or whatever i like to think of it as they both had their own pair ups yeah so chris is with rebecca jill is with barry and they sort of work weave through the story like that and then by the time you get to the end of the game you could even maybe uh, story at the end of the story you get barry's betrayal and then you know immediate redemption and things like that so thankfully i don't know whether you guys have seen there's a video that's circulating around youtube quite recent one where someone's actually gone in and, and re-edited yeah. the uh, the ending of the game, and it, it's, it's, the closest, it's the closest to canon we'll probably ever have. Any, any ideas who did that? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. The name, the name was familiar, it'll come to me in a minute. <laughs> this is somebody who did it on the GameCube version, you said? <laughs> yeah, 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 the remake, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> worth checking out. I, for all it's worth, I'm, I'm in agreement there with Sean. I like the idea of Jill and Chris battling the tyrant with Barry and Rebecca prepping for the self-destruct. Yes, good champ. That's how I would do it. And then they all kind of meet up on the lift and go, let's go. And then they all kind of, they're all at the top and they all, four of them then take down the tyrant on the heliport with the help of Brad. Then it's all five kicking ass taking down the monstrosity I have them almost I think from my in my head canon then when they get to the main hall they then split up so one goes left if you like one goes right and then as you said you have they all have that kind of partner up and just kind of meet up and they just don't they probably don't see each other at all until they get to the lab but you know you can make up your own story but that's how I, that's how I would kind of do it George any what's uh, how do you have the ending of Resident Evil 1 unfolding although the individual meetings you have you know, as Jill with Barry and, you know, with, with Chris as Rebecca, are, you know, sort of maybe more relevant for that part of the gameplay. Just for me, what cemented the fact that I've always liked to see Jill and Chris and always imagine, like Star said, that they kind of, you know, on an emotional level, they're coming down together to finally, you know, meet the tyrant as one. I've always loved that because the scene that kind of cements that on an emotional level for me is, is when 
Chris goes to save Jill, you know, in, in the cell. And initially, because I, I hadn't played the original, I played Remake before the original. And so I'm presuming when I've unlocked with the MO discs, that that's going to let her out. And then you have that little scene behind, you know, between the doors where she's still locked. And I'm thinking, at what point, you know, am I going to get this key to finally unlock her? And almost thinking, you know, because it's right at the end after the first encounter with, with the tyrant that I've missed the opportunity to do that. So, and the fact that you, that, you know, with everything going on and the countdown, the timer countdown, and Chris goes back and, and, and lets Jill out. So just just for me, that cements me that they, they went down there together. Rob? I have to debate this idea. I like the idea, and personally, it would be, you know, everyone's involved. I think that's, I mean, it's essentially what they've tried to say, established for canon, that none of the endings that we see in the game are correct, you know. But the one wrinkle to the whole thing that really bothers me when I think about it, and, I, and this is me being a stickler for... Um, consistency is that West, the, the battle between Wesker and Chris has always been quite personal like Wesker blames Chris for, for, for the events at the mansion almost it seems at least as far as like when you look at Code Veronica and stuff but then obviously he's accepted his power and sees like he kind of thanks him for what happened which means it's almost personal which means it feels more like it was supposed to just be Chris there or Chris was like the main driving force Jill wasn't the and so that's the thing that throws the wrinkle to, to me about it. But but then it yeah, negates Barry's betrayal, and which I think is such a, a really good, amazing event for that original narrative. It was it was you know, it was quite a nice little twist, I guess, for lack of a better term. So in in, in actuality, I'd like to believe it was before, but then yeah, there are, there are certain things that kind of come after that tell me I couldn't I couldn't have it that way if I really wanted to be really specific and fickle. <laughs> Sonny, what about you then? I mean, obviously you've been editing it together to to make it work. Pers- um, personal view on it. I don't know. Should I should I really say here, or should should you guys wait for a certain project to be done in time? <laughs> Fair enough. No, that, that's fine. That, that, that's fine. That's fine. Everybody will be able to get to see it in video format in due time. Brilliant. Well, we will leave it there then. Uh, thank you, Sonny. I really appreciate that. We'll stick around because I've got a feeling you will be needed. Um, okay. Shortly. So uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank Great you. to hear everybody's perspective. Okay, Thanks, we're Sonny. slowly coming to an end. We've got a couple of questions. Uh, I didn't. We've got one from the real Ark Thompson, everyone's new favourite friend on the Discord because of his love of Ark Thompson, super spy. Uh, he uh, he asked, "What are our expectations for Resident Evil 8? Would we like to see a continuation of the Ethan storyline, or back to the main series, or totally new stuff?" Uh, George. Well, I've got so much affection. It's by no means a perfect game, but I've got so much affection for Resident Evil 7, for what it, it was trying to do, for what it did do, for its departure from 5 and 6, you know, more of a traditional survival horror take. Uh, I would love to see some kind of continuation that kind of cements even more the, the, the kind of you know that being a, a canon and relevant title. But as we know, Ethan is such like a, a placeholder, you know, just a vanilla for us as the character to step into that it's difficult to see how he could i mean mia winters is a far more interesting character i doubt we're going to see any of the characters from from, from that again but then we're stretching it aren't we we're just simply with their ages alone we're going to have another reappearance from chris or yeah. you know it, it, it's hard to say my own personal view is i'd love to see some kind of continuation from re7 and i imagine the only way that we're going to see that is is perhaps ethan or or mia mm. although i do i, I accept that's highly unlikely i'd love to see um, ethan back i like the fact that he's just a normal character it's very silent hill-esque and I'd like to see oh, his good point. his kind of yes. character growth to see what happens to him. I mean, even like Leon obviously becomes like you know 007 basically, but 
you know mm. that's what makes his RE2 one so nice because he is a kind of rookie cop he's you know he's not the best if you like and Claire is you know what she's gone on it, it, it's a nice story arc and I, I, I'd like to see Ethan back again but, but... I'd certainly like to at the very least see a continuation of that style that we got in RE, in RE7 whether we get that because of the you know the, the sales you know were quite disappointing weren't they from RE7 no they did alright um, they did alright eventually yeah. yeah I think it was okay it did right at the start and then it tailed off but the overall seems to be quite positive Capcom was happy with the sales overall I think the cost of it was less than six so I would in specifically to Relock Thompson's question I, I I'd love it to not have anything to do with the main characters I no Leon but then I, I do want oh it's awful I want Jill back and we need some uh, uh, fitting tribute to Jill in some way so I, I, I don't know it's, it's it's one of those things I'd love just to see carry on with Ethan and Mia because I, I want to see moulded back and I think they're a perfect mechanism to do so. Stars turn? As much as um, I love Resident Evil 7, I don't think we'll see Ethan again. I think he just seemed to be pleased to be surviving the events of that game. They may do a bit more with Mia, but honestly, I think that's more of a closed book. Not a Hero felt like it was designed to continue from there, if you like, and pursue a storyline with the connections and things. And mm. we won't we won't really know how the revision of the Not a Hero storyline will take until we get to you know what Resident Evil 8 turns out to be. With regards to returning characters, I only really want to see Sherry again, and, and maybe even Jake could turn off. I don't like Jake in terms of his heritage, but I thought as a character in Resident Evil 6, he, he and Sherry were fine, so I yep. could quite happily happily see those two again in the title. Resident Evil 7 certainly felt like a reset, and they clearly had some ideas with what they wanted to do with the connections and whatnot. But like I say, we'll never truly know how much the rewrite of Not a Hero will will impact on their plans for that title. Oh, of course, because are there details out of, of what the original was going to be like? If you remember way back when, when Not a Hero was first leaked and there was like a mission list that came out, the actual okay. like, ob- objectives and everything were quite different to what ended up in the main game. Yeah. And there was a lot more white moulded and things like that. And that just the fact that they were implying that, you know, you had the not a hero angle. Chris was now allegedly working for Umbrella, even if that was Chris it implied to be Chris at all. And but the boss at the end was originally supposed to be Clancy and not um help me, I'm having Lucas. a <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> and um when you actually like play the finished version of Not a Hero, you can tell there's been some massive, massive retcons because like they they basically explain away Chris working with Blue Umbrella in the opening file, and it's it's really quite half-assed and doesn't feel um, genuine. And then when you get to the final boss, which is now Lucas, there's a really weird, very very awkward transition when Chris first goes into that room. There's a really sort of strange cut to black, and then for some reason the creature's on the ceiling and then descends down and it, it doesn't flow at all there's been clearly some very 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 strange editing going on there and mm. it's clear that Not A Hero was basically rewritten to clear up the Lucas storyline and all the objectives all the stuff from that early leak were all changed, There was, a, I think there was even a file that was supposed to be in Not A Hero which explained like the, the E series and the, the D series which I think was like people called Dorothy and stuff like that that's all missing now so I, I just, just it's, I just feel it's such a shame because there was so much hype for Not A Hero there was so much building up to, to Chris being with this blue umbrella unit and I just don't feel they had the conviction 
to really go for it. And I think a lot of that was down to fan reaction. I agree. To to what how Redfield looked and things like that. Mm. Rob, over to you with um, your your thoughts on RE8. What would you like to see in it? Um, I kind of yeah. I feel like this the threads will be there, but I feel like the reaction to the Resident Evil 2 remake, and especially if they also pop the th- a remake of three up before they even get to eight, but to try and keep continue on that wagon, I feel will will be the sort of same thing that we're just getting at with the Not a Hero, which is that it's based on fan reaction, and if the fans want to see classic characters again then that's more likely what we're going to see. Yeah. It's not that the plot threads wouldn't continue, but I, but the thing I think that's a bigger question about it is then which gameplay style does it go for? Because I liked Seven's gameplay style because it was different, but I also did like the Remake 2 gameplay style, which was the first time it felt like traditional survival horror in a modern wrapper. Yeah. So... And I so I feel like considering both games are on the same engine as well, it's it's not like you can just easily point to it and just say, oh yeah, that's going to be the one they go for. So I honestly don't know. This is the, that's probably the biggest <laughs> the best answer I can give. I <laughs> wish I had an answer. Like it's, it could go either one way, couldn't it? We could. We, it we, could we, really at this point go either way. Um, I th- it'd be more interesting. I think that the biggest tell for us will be what is the next thing that they do. Because if they do a remake three before eight, then that's probably a much more telling option. Two's been so successful. I mean, it sold very well considering the expectations. It's the highest rated game so far this year, Metacritic. Yes. Um, across all platforms, it's been wildly successful. So I kind of feel like if you compare that to the good success but not as great success of Resident Evil 7, then they're probably, if I was a, a betting person... I'd probably say it's more likely going to be in the style of 2, and that inherently probably means we're going to see more older characters returning. But who knows? Okay, two questions to go. Thank you very much, uh, Ark Thompson, for that. We appreciate that. Um, well, second to last question from BB Mac. Uh, we appreciate your support as well because you've, you're a long time listener and uh, supporter, so thank you very much. He asks, Who are our favourite characters, and what do they mean to you or us, if you like? That's tricky. That's tricky. I've got. Uh, I think stars will probably say Claire Redfield. For the longest time, it's been Chris. Has it? Oh, okay. Believe, believe it or not, yeah, Chris. Because um, obviously, I like you know deep, complex characters. But sometimes I just think storytelling needs a bit of a hero. For me, Chris was that for so long. You know, he, I really like Chris ever since the first Resident Evil, and then I, you know, I bought, I imported Resident Evil 2 Dual Shock Edition just so I could play him again in the extreme battle mode. So his return in Code Veronica was a big thing for me. You know, this sequence with him climbing the cliff with his bare hands with the music just felt like a true, true hero's return. And then it, it I, th- I feel that being patient paid dividends with Resident Evil 5 because I really, really felt like that title and continuing the Chris and Wesker conflict. Because for so many years, that storyline was the, the sort of backbone of the story for me. You obviously had all the, you know, the global bioterrorism stuff and you had the Umbrella storyline and it ending and you, Leon and Krause, but it was always Chris and Wesker. And the fact that I had to wait for so long for that resolution. And I like the fact that he does, as you know, Sonny Brown mentions being a Sonny hero. I like the fact that he rejects that. I initially didn't like what they did with his character in 6, but I, then I respect the fact that it, 6 ended up being a bit of a deconstruction for the character. I didn't really feel like he needed to be in it at all, because I felt his arc finished perfectly with Resident Evil 5. Um, that said, whilst I wouldn't have wanted him to die at the end of 6, I really do think that he should have passed the baton on and Piers became Piers, one, yeah. of the new, one of the new characters, sort of main characters in the series. 
you know, going forward, I'd like to have seen, like, Piers and Sherry be effectively the new, like, Chris and Jill for the series moving yeah. forward. But Okay, Rob? That's a really good question. I feel like I should have been far more prepared for this, but it's <laughs> not. Off the cuff. And I got to think about these things. I think in the original game, I was always more partial. Like if I go back to the original game, I was always more partial to Jill's storyline than Chris's. I just always liked that, and and the continuing arc of Jill's been very interesting. I was a big Leon fan when two came out, but over the years, I've it's not that I dislike Leon as a character. I just kind of like what we touched on before. He's become like this super agent. You know, you called him 007, and um, I think it was Sunny called him John Wick esque. <laughs> Yes. You know, um, yeah, it's kind of taken the sheen off them. My, my other issues with Chris and well, this is true of all the characters, but especially of Chris and Leon, is that they are quite often fit into the realm of what is needed for the story. Whereas Jill, maybe five accepted, is kind of always just being her own protagonist, if that makes sense to everyone. Like, you look at this, like, a perfect example I want to put out is like, look at the place where Chris and Leon are at Resident Evil 6, and then look at something like Vendetta where the roles are reversed. And it's just purposely for the narrative, you know, like. Chris is drinking in a bar in six, and then all of a sudden Leon's is being a sad sack down the dumps drinking at the place that they find him. I can't remember what it is restaurant, cafe, hotel thing. And it's not narrative driven by what character decisions, it's entirely about basing the story around them. Whereas I don't feel like that's been the case so much with some of the other characters, which is surprising. I was actually thinking about this before more of the female characters because Rebecca seems to have a, a certain story to herself in the fact that she was like this rookie, and then you look at Zero as well. And then also, even when she does come back and save Vendetta as well, she's she's got her own importance, what she's doing, what she's interested in, which a lot of the other characters don't. They just have to have to fit the mold of whatever the game is going. So now Leon's an agent. Now Chris is the speed. Now Chris is blue umbrella. Now you know whatever. But I think overall, if I was going to pick one, it's kind of actually going back to what Nick thought would be Sean's one, which is Claire. Claire's been consistently my favorite character, I think, overall. I'm not always happy with the personality change, like, for example, in Rev 2, but the character's still relatively always consistently drawn. The type of personality type is generally the same. And even with recastings and changes in the design and all sort of stuff, the character's probably yeah, stayed the same for longest. I think Claire's been fantastic throughout. The only time I've had an issue with Claire was Remake 2 because uh, I just think she's depicted to be so unlikable in that game. She's she, she's lost all the warmth that I think like Alison Court brought to that role. And, you know, you could just tell when I was playing through Claire B last night, people really resonated with that Claire, which I just don't think they do with the remake Claire at all. George? favourite character what character means the most to you the obvious one for me George Trevor I mean I went for that avatar because you know the backstory yeah and I don't know at the time how brave it was for a, a video game to present such a particularly horrific narrative for you know a father and his, his his daughter being experimented upon in that way and just the fact that you read their files you know that, that goes with that and the uh, you, you read you know the desperation and sort of initial positivity or or, or you know, with Jessica Trevor, you know, we've got to escape. And, and and then, you know, from the perspective of her daughter, you then read that file, you know, the confusion, why her mother abandoned her. Unless I can quickly think of another one, I'd probably have to go with George Trevor. I think it's a good answer because yeah. it, it represents a different one. Obviously, the playable characters, and I, in terms of my opinion, I think the comments on Claire um, are probably it's something I, I would agree with. I think she's been the most consistent throughout uh, in terms of her character and she has I think quite a, a clear character arc going forward whereas with Chris and Leon it kind of it's mainly because of Vendetta kind of ruined it went back and forth 
unnecessarily in my opinion but the background characters in Resident Evil is what really makes it and George Trevor is a perfect example isn't it that you, mm. you, you can almost follow his life well you do follow his last moments of his life but it's like a microcosm of his entire tragic life mm. and you, you feel you know him but you know no one's ever see, really seen a picture of him apart from your avatar which is from Sweet Home anyway you know and it, it's you feel that you're connected like Spencer we knew so much about Spencer and yet we never saw him until you know until 2000 and whatever year nine <laughs> nine I was going to say nine, nine but I wasn't I wasn't confident <laughs> I was going to say nine until, until it came out but we knew everything about Spencer he just eluded presence because of the backstory it's not just oh he owned the mansion it's like no 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 you know we had everything about him and so that, that's what's good about the series so there's lots that can mean much uh, to people so thank you very much BP Mac for that question that was good and our final question apologies for anyone who does have any uh, other questions I'm just noting the time and we've still got one little segment to do so the final question comes from Pundercracker or Lou <laughs> Lou everyone, everyone he, it's Lou from the old Project Umbrella forum so welcome Lou thank you very much and he is a nice as as with all these things, a nice uh, light-hearted question to end the uh, the podcast. Out of all the quizzes that we've done over the years, what one's particular question or moment on them each of you remembers the best? Well, well, <laughs> there's been f- far too many. May I? You may. <laughs> so basically, as as everyone expects, we have our own like Facebook group to arrange the podcasts. It's basically the main podcast team. George Trevor's in there, and every now and then. One of us will bring up the infamous. <laughs> what was the question, Nick? I can't even remember. If I just say car manufacturers, everybody will know the controversy that surrounded that question, that answer, <laughs> the revelation of, of Kevin Ford. Who's Kevin Ford, everybody? <laughs> it just basically caused an absolute meltdown. <laughs> it, it, so I just realised what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with this. If, you, if anyone goes back and listens back to that, and we do regularly in this chat, we're always sort of saying, you know, randomly put this podcast episode on. My God, the quiz has reduced me to crying with laughter. You know, it's it's just it just I can't even speak now. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally reduced to the way I was trying to wrap my head around Nick's reasoning for the fact that he chose. <laughs> Out of three outbreak characters, David Ford and Yoko Suzuki, because their names... Kevin Ryman. Kevin Ryman is the odd one out because he doesn't have his name as a car manufacturer. Yoko Suzuki, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Because I've only heard it back, I think, once. Oh, Um, my God. Which episode is this on? 34? It's the Resident Resident Evil 7, I think it's 34, yeah. I think it's 34. Well, well... Me me and Mr. Spencer have actual meltdowns. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying. We're trying to get, you know, you have to think about it on the quiz. The quiz is quite tense. We're all trying to beat Batman because he's Lord Nolan. <laughs> yes. It's just incredible. And so, so when Nick asks us a question out of Yoko Suzuki, David Ford and Kevin Ryman, which is the odd one out? You know, you're thinking of, right, right, let's wrap my head around the cannon. And the answer I came up with was, oh, what was it? No, I can't remember. <laughs> Clearly it, it, was, it was logical what it, what it, what it, what yeah. it was <laughs> everyone was like wow that's a really tough question there must be some real serious answer to that like serious like oh, I don't know what that why why would any of them be the other one out oh why? yeah it was yeah, it was because she's not a member of the RPD that was it that was, that was yeah. and then, which and is also a legitimately correct answer and- it's it's not just the fact that the like the the answer required getting into Nick's head, but it's the fact that he's just so proudly you, you could just see him sort of imagine him in his living room with his microphone <laughs> and he just goes, Oh, no one's got this because no one has realised that it's 
it's car manufacturers, and, and, and you can just like literally hear the air escape the room. <laughs> it was, it and, was, and, yeah. and, and then in the, and not only did we have that, but then we had George Trevor's revelation that he'd googled an answer. <laughs> What is the and, same with Kevin? Think, no, what I don't think. And got, got the I... character name wrong, which is where this Kevin Ford <laughs> thing came from. So, so they got you've got like Mr. Spencer going, "Hang on a fucking minute, who the fuck is Kevin Ford?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, "Oh god, he's the astronaut." And it's like, "Well, how's NASA coming to this?" It's, it just basically it just put, over the next five minutes, it just it spills into absolute insanity. And Nick disappears for some three minutes. <laughs> In the recording, I'm on the floor crying and uh, with with laughs, and it still does. It still it, it makes me laugh. As uh, so the chat, JCUS has reminded us of the Mambo Number no. Five answer as well, which f- <laughs> formed a similar sort of um, was it Monica Rita? Um, oh God! Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I forgot about. <laughs> but people got it. BB Mag, he was bang on the money. He's like, got that one straight away. It's like, yes. See, there's madness. Logic in my madness. Another question. A good, I've got to do a shout out to Vito. Yes. Who, and I, I think you, <laughs> you guys will have to remember, remind me what it was from. But it was, what is the manufacturing brand for a laptop? I think it's indeed <laughs> Generation. And literally, that shot where you can read the brand of the laptop is like half a second long in the entire movie. So unless you've actually freeze-framed it, there is no fucking way you would be able to tell anybody what the manufacturer of this laptop is. You you know, he's specifically, you know, gone with a toothpick through that movie and gone, pause. Right, that name, that name, that's really blurry in the top left-hand corner. That's going to be my podcast question. Uh, oh, yeah, how many bottle caps in RE4? Yeah, that was... Some absolute classic moments. Uh, I think you'll agree. I think oh. actually we may, depending on how it is, um, when we reach a hundred thousand downloads, there could be uh, a quiz thing coming out for that. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. We're not that far off. But if that is not a segue to our actual quiz, I don't know what is. Thank you all very much for your questions. Apologies if you haven't had your question answers. I think it's been really good fun. So we'll, we may do uh, another one in the future. But on that note, it is now time for our community special Neptune's Biohazard Quiz The Quiz A test of knowledge especially as a competition between individuals or teams as a form of entertainment usually hosted by a quiz master Can I just ask have you had all of these uh, questions independently verified? He doesn't even know the general knowledge stuff (laughs) Why is this about the quiz master? It's not going to be one of these quizzes, is it? <laughs> I think well, we look- should be. I think we should get another question, John. Don't you? Already fallen into control. Already fallen into. Yeah, well, that, that was to be expected. I, I'm once again Nick is at the centre of that controversy. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Neptune's Biohazard Quiz.
Cartoon Biohazard Quiz. You guys are ready for this. This is going to be chaos. So, what is special about this quiz, I hear you ask? Well, we have our usual batch of questions for our podcasters, but as this quiz is being uh, recorded in front of a live studio audience, each podcaster will be granted a special lifeline. Oh, yes. In true... Yes, in true game show fashion, each podcaster can opt to phone a friend and ask someone who's on the Discord server. Picking anyone, either from our listening audience, if they want to join in... Can I pick Batman? (laughs) Batman. He's not, unfortunately. He had to go earlier, unfortunately. He did, so um, hopefully you'll pick someone who's listening and then they can join back into the chat, so no pressure on them. So... Quizzes, I will ask the questions as normal. If you want to use your lifeline, just say during the question part of the round. So if I'm, you know, when I get to the end of question two or whatever, you say, Neptune, I want to use the lifeline for that one. That one, I'll just note that down. And then when we get to the answer round, you can do it. You can only use your lifeline once. So use it wisely. So let's play. No, uh, clear those desktops. Open up notepad. Question number one. This is a brutal question. This comes from uh, one of our members on the Discord server. I don't think he's here today. Uh, From Tyrannical T002. In Resident Evil Remake 2, what is the time on the second floor waiting room? Brutal. Can you repeat that? I was too busy letting my friend know that I needed needed help soon. So I was just messaging selfish genes to make sure he was still around. <laughs> so in, in Resident Evil 2 Remake, what is the time on the clock in the second floor waiting room? Oh, right. Thanks, Vito. Okay. <laughs> that's from Tyrannical TWT. <laughs> so does anyone want to use the lifeline on that question? No. I don't know. Because I don't know the answer to that one, so I might just throw it out to someone anyway. Are you going to use it? I don't know. Logged. Stars can use his lifeline. Can Look. I nominate now, then, so he's ready? Oh, good shout. Yeah, go on. Nominate. Yeah, go on. You wanted it, Yoke. You've got it. <laughs> Yoke, you have been nominated. I will, I will come to you. Let me know if you want to come verbally, and I can because I can see that you're listening. So, brilliant. Question number two: Who was Javier Hildago's main assistant in the purchasing of BOWs on the black market? Anyone want to lifeline that question? Yeah. I'm gonna. You're gonna throw that over to, to my buddy down under. Yeah. If. if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He's just. Oh, you sent that too late. I'll, no. I'll withdraw that. It's alright. No, we're not. Don't ask. Was it logged, was I it? hope no one's answering them in the chat. That's, don't ask me any of these. <laughs> no, no. Selfish Gene has definitely not sent me a message saying not to ask him that. Question. No, fair enough. Okay. So, does anyone want to use that lifeline on question two? No. No. Okay. Question number three. Sneak into a Louisiana ghost house is the Sewer Gators episode number what? Mm. For episode number. Anyone want that lifeline on that one? Well, Sean, obviously you can't. Rob? Yeah, I'll pick Sonny Bear since he didn't want anyone to ask him a question. There we go. (laughs) No pressure. Question number four. How does Billy address Rebecca when she requests he wears handcuffs? <laughs> Sorry, Sonny's just gone, what's the question? <laughs> well, I'll, 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 we'll come back to it, it's okay. He'll get a chance to listen to it again. So question four, how does Billy address Rebecca when she requests he wear handcuffs? George, do you need the lifeline for that one? 
I, it's funny because I actually literally saw that cutscene yesterday, and I can I can only remember the first line. So I'm hoping you're going to give it to me on just knowing that little bit. So we'll I'll, see. I'll take Finally, question number five: What is the name of the university that Doug Wright works at before his fateful trip to Mahara Desire? George, you may as well use your lifeline. Oh crap! Because I know that one, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go back. Can Can Jean answer my Hadjo Javage? Uh, Number two, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. We're all good. We're all friends here. So you don't have time to Google that. <laughs> Excellent. So they are the five questions. What's that noise? Oh yes, we're in a very dangerous territory. Making a welcome return to the quiz. It's non-canon corner. Oh, <laughs> predicted it. Hardly predicted it. <laughs> And because this is a community podcast, the community lifeline is now activated as well, where podcasters get to ask the audience. Yay! So this is a bonus question to everyone. I'll ask for your answers shortly, but there'll be a choice of four answers, A, B, C or D. Post them in the podcast thread that you've been doing so diligently throughout the podcast. E, thank you, Yogi. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He's such a troll, isn't he? Honestly, why, why do you tolerate him? <laughs> um, and then the we'll get the results, and then the podcasters can choose to listen to them or not, just like in that famous game show. So the question for everyone, including everyone listening, is this. According to the biohazard Passishlot, Passishlot what was the temperature in the Arclay Forest on the 24th of July 1998? Is it A, 7 degrees? Is it B, 10 degrees? Is it C, 14 degrees? Or is it D, 20 degrees? That question comes courtesy of BSSA Arkley, so thank you very much for that. So, audience, you can consider your option. If you, if you want to wait uh, until we get to that point, I will then total. Uh, listen, see what answers everyone's put. So, with that, join us after this when we'll run through those answers. Wait up for me. Even uh, today, uh, eldest daughter. Uh, I'm sorry. Welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard quiz let's see how everyone has done so question number one in remake two what is the time on the second floor waiting room stars tyrant had a lifeline he wanted to use it that's yoke <laughs> <laughs> let's bring yoke into it yoke you are live on the project umbrella podcast neptune's bar has a quiz can you help your friend okay i i believe it is um 12 uh, 24 1224, that's confident. No, fuck that, it's 1969. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't resist it. <laughs> and Stars has lost the quiz. Bye, everybody. <laughs> what is, have you got a final answer for, for Stars Tyrant, Yoke? Oh, 1969. You've got for 1969. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you, Yoke. 
Uh, I was going to say, does he get the option to say he agrees with that answer? Oh, he could, yeah, yeah, just, just, can, yeah, he can yeah. endorse it or not. So, Stars Tarot, what is your answer? Are you going to listen to Yoke? Well, I actually think Yoke's my, I think Yoke's got my back, and I think he secretly told me the answer there. So, I'm just going to go for 12.24. 12.24, interesting. Okay, uh, Rob, any ideas? I just put 11.43 or something like that. 11.43. And George Trevor? I don't know why, but I just had this vague memory of wondering, of thinking, oh, doesn't that resemble similar the time that you set the clock in Resident Evil Zero when you find, like, the minute hand? I thought, oh, I can't now, which I've now forgotten what time that was. It was quarter past eight, I think. My logic's going to bring me to answer quarter past midnight, 12. Quarter past 12. The answer... Um, I mean, this is a difficult question. I'm going to give a point to the person who got it closest. The answer was 10.33. So a point to Rob there for getting Yay. the closest. Well done, Rob. <laughs> wasted, wasted uh, lifeline there, Star Siren. We're giving him airtime just to troll me even further. <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain how disappointing that is. <laughs> question number two was who was Javier's main assistant in the purchasing of BOWs in the black market we'll start with George Trevor you have nominated Selfish Gene so you are live on the Project Umbrella podcast um, your question was uh, who was helping Javier you have 30 seconds to assist your friend George Trevor uh, I've already googled it <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what what should I do with this, this newly found information? You should tell. You should say I be, You know, whatever you believe the answer to be, and we can you tell that to George. All right. According to ResidentEvil.Fandom.com, the answer is Sergio. <laughs> is he to <laughs> forward slash forward slash wiki forward slash Sergio S E R G I O. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Gene, for your Thank input. Thank you, Gene. Have a good day. <laughs> I don't know if scandalous, isn't it? George, what is your answer? I mean, with you know, all due respect to my fellow colleagues on the on this quiz, I, I think was Gene being tongue in cheek there? I did, don't know. He, did he really Google that? Who knows? Um, that, that's going to be your call. Look, he's Australian, isn't he? And they never. So I'm going to say, on the basis that Gene didn't Google that, and he's been in the community long enough to kind of know his stuff, so I'm going to go with Gene's answer. But if it can be proven he Googled it, I, I withtract it. So there's a potential, if, if you are right, a potential rescind of a point later in, later in future quizzes. Aye. Rob, what did you put? Uh, I, I couldn't remember any. I don't remember that bit at all. <laughs> I don't remember Harvey and that was it, so I had no idea. I just assumed it was one of the members of the organisation, that the Snakes organisation, but couldn't remember mm. a name, so... Yoke's furious, by the way. <laughs> Fu- furious at uh, a second re-emergence of Googlegate. Uh, <laughs> Stars Tarot, did you know? Well, I mean, obviously now that uh, the cat's out of the bag with fandom searches, I'd actually written Wesker because I knew the game or one of the files implies that Javier does stay in touch with Wesker after Umbrella's fall. So I'd, I'd simply just put Wesker. Uh, well, the answer is Sergio. So <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> No, I, I, despite what people think, I do take the quiz quite seriously. So I think I'm, I'm quite comfortable with, yeah, I'm quite comfortable with not not being awarded that point unless Gene 
you know feels necessary to kind of you know come back and say we've bespurched his name and that he G- didn't Gene is currently saying in the chat Wesker was the source of them so he's, does that, he believes that's a valid answer uh, yeah but oh, Javier ooh, controversy hold on a minute Gene's meant to be assisting me now he's giving the stars <laughs> <laughs> he's helping everyone he, yeah well everyone gets their answer but no um, uh, Javier colluded with um, Sergio who was his man in Sacred Snakes <laughs> who um, who helped so I will give you a point George but if if Gene comes back later and says that he did Google it then we may have to rescind so you may need double points at a later I time. think do you want to put it out to the vote because I think my two oh yes Colin's, Colin Evo's agree let's put it to a vote oh should... is Gene still there it's... oh sorry yeah then I I just say should he get the point should, should George get <laughs> no, the no, point no, no absolutely not absolutely fine not. no point there so the answer was Sergio so well done Google thanks Gene uh, question number three was sneak into a Louisiana ghost house is a sewer gators episode what now Rob we'll start with you you had your lifeline on this particular question I know it's sunny but he didn't even know what the question was which is great timing so can you repeat it one more time for him to hear yeah, so clearly sneak into a Louisiana ghost house is the sewer gators episode what <laughs> He's refusing, ref, refusing to come on. God, these, these online friendships are paper thin. <laughs> To be fair, I did pick Sonny because he said don't put me on and now he's saying don't put me yeah. on. I can't be that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course Joke would say that. Oh dear. Sonny, you're you're live. Any answer? Any episode number? John, John, get out of here. <laughs> Give me a number, Sonny. That can be your... JC Wesker goes to episode 1969. Please, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, no clue. No clue at all. Guess a number. Yeah, uh, episode uh, seven. Episode seven. That's noticed. So thank you, Sonny, for your answer. That um, Rob will use that. Thank you for bringing me. Thank on, you, Sonny. No worries. Thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. That was your phone, a friend. I hope it. I hope it helped. So, so I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to agree or disagree. You can do whatever you like with that information. I can do whatever I want. I'm going to disagree because it was a complete stab in the dark. <laughs> I actually just wanted to guess the number, but I know it's seventeen. <laughs> You've gone for seventeen, have you? Sean, start out. What's your? Uh, answer? I went for um, six. I had absolutely no idea. Okay, George, Trevor. No, it's funny because you just pay so much attention to stuff in RE7 and little details, but things like that, I suppose, because they're not kind of connected to like the horror or something, which is coming right over my head. I'm assuming it. All you see it on is the timestamp on the VHS. It's, I just, I've no idea. It's, I saw it on the. There's a old a file picture of it. Yeah, pam- it's in the van, isn't it? Yeah, isn't on it, the pamphlet. It's in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, the only reason I do remember this is I just wanted to put Sunny on the spot because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it's also the episode it referenced uh, in the demo, I think. So, George, you have a number for me. I should have interrupted before because I thought I was being asked just now. I was just saying it's in the van, but these are the details I don't notice. I've got no. Oh. To guess, then seven. Oh no, no that's seven. Someone else said. So. No, no, well, no, it's interesting. No, you can say that. It's fine. No, it was, it's just to guess. Uh, but if someone already said that, no, I'll say seventeen. No, 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 no one said seven. Well, someone has said seven, but no one's given that as an official answer. So you can have seven if you want, GT. Uh, <laughs> no, because I don't want to. I don't want to follow someone else. Uh, uh, so I'll say seventeen. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> well, so funny. the answer is episode 17. I don't believe it. So... Thanks, GT. You, you said you wouldn't follow anyone, but you still followed my answer. I'm really confused. It's... I'm so confused right now. Hang on a minute. That was exactly the same. I'm really confused as, as that famous question. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way it's, this it's is like, the new. This is so the I'm new. Having, okay, flashbacks in my brain. Yeah, just Wait. to get this right. So, so my nomination person said seven, which <laughs> then said <laughs> seven. <laughs> but I didn't agree with seven. I said it was seventeen, and then you said it was seventeen. I I, I swear to you, I didn't hear what Rob Romby said at all. <laughs> and I, the only reason I didn't want to go, and when Romby said I said seven, I didn't want people to think I'm cheating by just saying the same number that someone else has said so i just just the next number that sounds similar to 70 17 i i swear on my son's life i didn't know you then said 17 i just wanted to, I just wanted to say any number that wasn't what you said which you said was seven <laughs> <laughs> i swear i did not cheat yo yo fuck off <laughs> God. You can't write this. I swear this. to you. You all heard, you heard Bromby just say to me, I said seven. At no, at no point did you, he then say, oh my God. Right, okay. Uh, oh, Arch Thompson's reply in the chat is absolutely amazing. Look at that. <laughs> Swearing on his son's life. Oh, God, make his... Right, okay, okay. We need to draw a <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to give. I'm going to give the point to Rob because seventeen was correct, and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to George and let him have the bloody point. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh. <laughs> That's the oh. only fucking time in my life I've have guessed an answer and got it right. Oh dear God! Oh man! It absolutely ruins this community. I tell you. Oh, right, move on, move on, God, before we before we fall oh, off our chairs. God. You'll be pleased to know no, no, no more. No hard feelings, GT. No, no hard feelings. No, that's no, fine. But what, can I just quickly ask: At what point did Romby say I didn't say seven? I said seventeen. Um, he said it loud and clear about two minutes before you did. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, lose track. Right. Question four was: How does Billy address Rebecca when she requests he wear handcuffs? GT, we'll start with you. I was playing this the other day. He says, "No, th- no thanks, doll face." Oh, he says, "He says something like I've already had." Like, had my fill of these or something? Um, something like that, yeah. I was looking um, for a particular phrase, so that's fine. So that's fine. Uh, Stars Tyrant? I believe the quote is, uh, no thanks, dollface, I already tried, of course. Uh, and then he produces the uh, unmatched one. Uh, Rumby? Yeah, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. I've already tried handcuffs, so he's got the handcuffs and shows the handcuff that he's already got attached to his wrist. Excellent points for all. That is correct. I was just looking for the face. I thought it was funny enough, so there go fantastic and finally question number five what is the name of the university that doug wright works at before his fateful trip to mahara desire george was quite confident on this so we'll start with romby no idea you think after all the episodes you've talked about <laughs> i would have learned something but honestly i've never read them no clue no, no clue. clue at all no it's not okay um start i start wish on? i'd used that one for my uh i, I just had a guess at, guess at harvard i have no idea Harvard, okay, and George Trevor. <laughs> These comments. In the... <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, no thanks, Dollface. So. I've already made pasta today. Um... <laughs> also, I've already worn one, 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 nine, six, nine pairs of handcuffs. Um, wait, what was the what was the question? What um, university did Doug write? Yeah, yeah, work be, at? Be, um, 
Because shout out to Crimson Head Elder website. We're the first website to translate Maha Desire in English. Uh, Bennett University. It's correct. Very oh, good. Nice. So, well done, George. It's Bennett University. So let's look at the final scores of the kind of element. Well, joint first. It's George, Trevor and Rombie with three. Uh, trailing behind is Stars Tyrant with just the one point. With no mm-hmm. Batman, there's a good chance for so we move to question number six which is the non-canon corner so obviously this is for everyone an extra bonus point available we could have a winner between Rob and G2 so according to the biohazard passage slot what is the temperature of the Arclay mountain area on uh, 24th of July 1998 is it A 7 degrees B 10 degrees C 14 degrees or D 20 degrees audience cast your vote in the podcast chat now go <laughs> JC Whisker, 1969. So we've got. So let's have a look. We've got BB Macot saying C. Yoke's gone for A, seven degrees. We won't ignore JC Whisker. He's being very, very silly. Uh, Colin has gone for ten degrees, which is B. Lou's gone for A, which is seven degrees. I'd say it's. <laughs> it's. 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 it's, it's uh, <laughs> And Sonny's gone for Monica Geller. Excellent. <laughs> seven. Seven. <laughs> so I, I, th- I, I have to say, I don't think the audience has been particularly helpful here, chaps. It seems to be uh, 50-50. No one real clear answer there. Yeah, lots of guesses coming in. So, Stars Tyrant, Constellation, A, B, C or D? It's really not helpful, is it? It's, it's like, like literally... Oh, God. So I'm going to stick with my hunch. I'm going to go with JC. I'm going to go with B. 10 degrees you've gone for. That's B. Okay. Rob, you need this for the win. 7, 10, or 14, or 20 degrees? I'm going to say 14. 14. That's C. Okay. George Trevor, you need this for the win as well. I really don't want to win this because of the whole (laughs) 177 debacle. So I'm going to say the same as Romby. So at least, you know, I can't beat him. (laughs) (laughs) So then, yeah, if I get it wrong, we both get it wrong. But what, yeah. but what if Robbie gets it right? Well, I won't we be outright. I won't be outright winner, will I? I just so you, you're going for C as well. A, yeah. The correct answer is C. Fourteen degrees. Yes. <laughs> you guys. So our uh, final scores on the doors. Uh, Rob and GT are our joint winners with a impressive four out of six in the end. Very good. Very good. And stars Does it, doesn't this feel like there's some uniform World Cup right now? Like, <laughs> it's, there's, there's a tie, there's controversy, you know, like... Rob wins on humorous comments. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's my boundary. There's your boundaries, there we go. And Rob holding everyone up on one point. That's a poor show, Rob. I'm, 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 uh, Sean, sorry. Mm. Uh, it's falling. Anyway... Thank you. That was uh, a memorable quiz, I think, is one way of describing it. Thank you, everyone, for playing. Uh, Join us next time when we'll have some more questions. (laughs) 
and relax. Relax. We <laughs> we are nearly there. My God. Um, that is the end of our uh, community podcast, uh, dubbed episode 53.5. We hope everyone joined. I want to express my thanks for everyone who from the community that's joined us today. It's been a really, really wonderful experience. And it's, I think, you know, starting on what um, everyone's been doing with the RE2 streams and um, the remake streams with um, Heidi and Joe. I think it's been it's been a really great community vibe going on at the moment and I'm I'm just really happy everyone could join us it was, uh, join yeah us I want to actually just actually take a moment to say to GT the stream that you Sonny JC and that organised with Heidi and uh, Joe was absolutely incredible oh, I did I didn't I honestly mm. didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did but to hear their insight and to hear like Heidi's reaction at the fact that she's never seen the game herself yeah. uh, was a really rewarding experience and yeah, long long may things like that continue because that I think is a really, I think that's a really interesting way and a very fresh way to present new content to people in a way that's very digestible and fun so yeah, take, you know, feel proud of yourselves for that one guys Oh I'm, cheers, thanks and yeah I mean I really appreciate that Sean, thanks and I mean as you know they're so down to earth Joe and Heidi done it you know, without them and also Sonny Bar, who, you know, kind of put the technical stuff together. But then, you know, obviously you guys, because I was saying to Nick before that I was so nervous about doing that because people, you know, it's not like a podcast that the, the views can stack up over time, even if you maybe don't get some to begin with. And But with, with that, I was so worried. I was saying, you know, if there's, what do we do if there's only one or two people in the live chat? But then at the end of the day, it didn't actually matter how many people were there because the people that were there, you know, they, they made it very special as well. And so, you know, if I can just put it and, th- and thank you and everyone and Selfish Gene for getting up at 6 a.m. And, and everyone else, you know, all around the world that tuned in for, for that stream that, that, that made, made it so that we could do a part two and are going to, you know, do a part three. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks, Sean. We'll, we'll look forward to the, the concluding part. So, uh, yeah, so again, um, it's a good time. Good time in the community. So, thank you everyone for joining us. Um, our next podcast, episode 54, uh, we're, we're a bit unsure of what to do. So, I think we're probably going to put it to a Twitter vote. What we can do, we've got a couple of options. We can either do our Resident Evil Gaiden podcast, yay, or we can do um, Happy Birthday Resident Evil 3. I think that is 20 years old this year and so we were going to do uh, a bit like we've done with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 1 before a kind of playthrough with each podcaster does a particular section and we talk about that section quite uh, religiously if you like and in, in depth so someone does up to the RPD or, and so forth so forth. Um, so that's one option and the other option is our playthrough in the same vein with uh, Resident Evil Survivor we're going to go through the different routes and talk about our experiences with uh, going through the different routes because there's, there's quite a few uh, combinations to go through I have a particular favourite uh, that I would want to do and Clubhouse, Forest Arcade, all sorts there's a couple of options, we'll put that on Twitter and Facebook so if you want to vote on what we do next for episode 54 that will probably be recording that uh, late August time I would have thought so uh, on that note I would like to again extend my thanks to everyone listening um, and uh, we'll hopefully do one of these again soon so it's goodbye from me Neptune goodbye from me Stars Tyrant goodbye from me George Trevor and goodbye from me Robbie